goes by the pseudonym Bo Snurdly. It's time for the soul of excellence. He is a radio host at 77 WABC here in New York. The Rush Hour is on the air. Rush, Rush. Now here's Bo Snurdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Welcome, my friends, to the Tuesday edition of Bo Snurdly's Rush Hour here on WABC. If you would like to be part of the program today, 800-848-WABC is the number to reach us, 800-848-9222. News, of course, as every day, bursting from the seams. We start today... I don't know where to start today. We've got so... Okay, I'm going to pick one. I've got like all these stacks. And I keep saying, maybe I should go with... Maybe... No, no. Let me start with this one. It's not great news. But I think this news affects almost everybody. If not you at this point in your life, it will certainly affect your children, your grandchildren, your nieces, your nephews, people in your family or your friends. There is a story today in thehill.com, The Hill. It's a left-leaning for the most part. Derek Hunter, who's with us on a lot of the Saturday shows we do, is a, a great, uh, he was the last new guest host we had for Rush, great columnist and journalist and all that, fellow broadcaster. Um, he writes for The Hill once, once or twice a week, and other people do, but for the most part, it's a bunch of lefties over there. The headline from The Hill today, how much does it cost to live the American dream? How much money you want the American dream? Now, let me explain for those of you this definition of the American dream. For many, the American dream means or includes getting married, bless your souls, buying a home, and having children. So, Diego, you yes. are a you are a bachelor. One day you will not be a bachelor. You will probably have offspring and a house in the suburbs. How much do you think right now you could expect to pay for, A, getting married, add to that the house, the, the cost of a home, and then having, let's say, Two children. Like everything total? How yeah. much did it cost? Yeah. Uh, I mean, if I want to mm. get married in the courthouse, that's very cheap, right? Yeah, but suppose she doesn't want to get married in the courthouse. Well, suppose you don't. Suppose she doesn't want a cheapskate for a husband. Suppose she actually wants somebody with some drive and some ambition that's going to give her a wedding <laughs> that she can look back on for the rest of her life and said, wow, this was my special day with Diego. Uh, uh, $70,000 around there. Okay. The uh, okay. 70 grand so far. Okay. So then you get a house. How much is the house? Uh, let's say ballpark 500. Okay, wow, pretty good for your first house, half mil. Okay, so you're at 570000 Now you're going to have two kids. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Tick-tock, tick-tock. 
with Where the college expenses and the you know books and everything, there's got to be like at least for the first ten years, what a hundred, two hundred thousand per kid. All right, so we have you. That's four hundred thousand. So we have you at nine hundred and seventy thousand dollars so far. Rich, you're an old guy. You've already done this. You've already had the house. You already have the kids. But let's say you were starting all over again. Had none of that. Didn't marry that beautiful woman that you married, Roe. I don't. I still don't understand how she chose you. She hey, has everybody hey, hey, I got in it all the here. world. I have it all, don't I? <laughs> you have you it know, all. This is, you know, folks. Folks. Uh, Rich's wife worked at WABC along, and every single man on the continent. She is the sweetest, most beautiful, wonderful woman that many of us could have ever hoped to. And and rich of all people, Rich Rodabali wooed her successfully. Congratulations, Thank Rich, you. and you're a great Thank guy too. You, Thank you, I appreciate it. But you know, I am the complete package, so it was easy to fall for me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. So you're starting over. You and Roe are starting over. You're going to get married. You're going right. to have a house. You're going to have two kids. How much it costs? Uh, in today's society, you, I mean, yeah, I kind of got to lean with, uh, with Diego there easily, uh, you know, out here in the suburbs, anywhere here, Jersey, Westchester, the Island, it's, uh, it's easily 400 grand for a starter home these days. Uh, if you have a couple of kids, so you need three bedrooms there. So that's 400 grand and you got to put the kids to, uh, you got to do everything for the kids. You know, the problem is now is that you have to do Everything for the kids. So it's every sport, every organization, every activity, karate, music, dance, every sport you can imagine. And, you know, you have to throw all of your money at that so the kids can be, uh, you know, entertained and, and they can, whatever you have to do for these kids. I see. Oh, yeah. It's, My kids it's just crazy. Violin. All of these parents, whatever they, whatever they do for their kids these days, it's unbelievable. Violin and piano lessons, right off the bat. Suppose yeah. they don't want to play music. Well, they they can decide a little later. But I'm gr- I'm having them grow up playing music. <laughs> kind of a dictator, Dad. Yeah, that is pretty tough. Hmm. Huh? I wish my parents did that. I would I would be a pretty pretty good uh, violin player now <laughs> if they did that. Mm-hmm. All know, right. But, okay. So, but now, easily, okay. So you easily five okay, easily six hundred grand. Okay, you you both are way short. Way short, huh? Oof. Whoa. Way short. That's depressing. Way short. All right, listen to this, guys. And listen to this, members of this incredible audience that we have here. Especially those of you millennials, those of you in Generation Z, the generation that for the most part doesn't like work, doesn't know the meaning of work, can't get to work on time, complains about work. But I that aside... The cost of living for the American dream, including getting married, buying a home, having children, right now, common milestones associated with success in the United States, like marriage, children, home ownership, cars, health care, estimated to cost $3,455,305. Now, some of you may have the $305 around, but the other... Three million four hundred fifty-five thousand. Hmm. So, here's where the disconnect comes in. 
the average lifetime earnings of an American citizen, well, it didn't have to be a citizen, I guess. They didn't say citizen, I did. Of an American with a bachelor's degree, with a bachelor's degree, is about $2.3 million. So they're coming up over a million. They're coming up over a million and change shy of the American dream. And that's data from Georgetown University Center on Education and the Workforce. Now, those who have less education than the bachelor's degree can expect to be further out of reach. Unless, of course, they work hard, they're ambitious, and they don't believe what's in print here. They believe in themselves, and then the sky's the limit. That goes for any of you, any of us. Why am I saying you? Me too. Goes for all of us. But the cost to send your kid to a liberal college to get indoctrinated in wokeism, have a nice house, hopefully somewhere in a kind of crime-free area, get married to the woman or person or whatever that you want to get married to, that costs now for the American dream $3.4 million. Point of the article is that many Americans are now being priced out of being able to afford the American dream. I wonder what you think about that, those of you, especially if you're in the younger uh, generation and you feel like giving us a call and commenting on that, do you think you're going to make it anyway? Is the American dream still alive for you? So there's number one. Went with that first. All right. More into the political news, a little bit of it. Urged on by Trump. This is from the New York Times, the old gray lady today. Urged on by Trump, House Republicans embrace Biden impeachment inquiry. Tomorrow is the scheduled vote. Representative Jim Jordan DM'd me something today. I was like, what is this? And it is really, really good. I posted it on my Twitter feed, at BoSnerdly, at BoSnerdly, S-N-E-R-D-L-E-Y. You can find it. you got to go through a bunch of stories because I, I posted it early. But it is a five-minute and 40-second movie that the House Judiciary Committee has put together explaining why they are looking at an impeachment inquiry of inquiry of Joe Biden. Now, for decades, many of us have said, you know, the Republicans absolutely suck at messaging. They're horrible. They don't know how to communicate to vast swaths of the American people. I have to say, job well done on the House Judiciary Committee. And if you are... Uh, those of you that are politically active, more activists than not, and you like to share information with your friends, your family, and all that, this movie is a good, this five-minute, 40-second video is a good thing to share because it lays out the corruption case of not only Joe Biden but the Biden family in ways that are indisputable. So thanks, Representative Jim Jordan, for sending that over. It is so worth, I watched all of it. It is really good. 
So if you're interested in that, please look at it. Meanwhile, the New York Times is saying this is all Trump's fault. What else is new? Urged on by Trump, House Republicans embrace Biden impeachment inquiry. Guess what? If this were a Republican president, if this had been President Bush, President Reagan, President Donald Trump, President Bush 41, President Dwight D. Eisenhower, President Nixon, President Eisenhower, President Ford even, had this been a Republican president with the same amount of damaging information that the Republicans and the House Judiciary Committee have found on Joe Biden, the pattern of money, the pattern on what happened after the money came in, meaning favors and political action that was taken, had the same facts been laid bare before a Democrat Congress sitting with any Republican president, any of them, they would already be into a full-scale, not inquiry, they would already be drawing up the articles of impeachment. So this doesn't need to be talked into by Donald Trump. And by the way, these leftist groups, these people in the mainstream press like the New York Times, they would have assigned multiple reporters to go do their own digging and their own investigating so that they could break news and be first with the news with every new detail and wrinkle of this instead of trying to pass it off like it doesn't exist. So they did not have to be the Republicans who are voting to, and the Congress will vote tomorrow, the House, on this impeachment inquiry. They didn't have to be urged on by anybody. They were urged on by the evidence that has been presented, New York Times. There's also a column in the New York Times from one of my favorite columnists. He is a total leftist. He was a leftist when he was at Slate, and I used to read him then. If anybody knows him, Jamel Bowie, please tell him he's got a fan who is who who pretty much is everything that he writes I find criticism with, heavy criticism, but I like reading him anyway and I've liked reading Jamel Bowie for years. He's thoughtful, he's a liberal, he's a whacked out liberal sometimes, but he's not as whacked out like Loopy Friedman and those guys. Well, he has a, an article a, a column today Red states and blue states are becoming different countries. Becoming? You, you noticed? But, and, and he cites, of course, you know what this looks like. It's the anti-woke policy making of Governor Ron DeSantis, Florida, from laws that stigmatize LGBTQ students and teachers in public schools to an assault on higher education. Assault. The assault, Jamel, was by you leftists. But I, I, this is one of those, I'm going to hold on to this, and maybe Saturday, I'll ask Princess Di to take a read on this now, because I want to discuss this in depth, the way they view the two states of the United States, red and blue, and the way that we view them. 
Article New York Post today, New York's education department hides the depths of public school failure. But Hochul just wants you to know it's not her fault. The State Department of Education, long story short, was supposed to release standardized test numbers. They're not doing it on time. And this editorial in the New York Post goes on to criticize those behind it and the governor for not making sure that these this data is available. There's a line in here about the failure, the failure of the school system that is allowed to continue. And, of course, they point to the billions of dollars that are spent in public schools every year without demanding any improvement whatsoever. This is in my wheelhouse. I talk about this a lot. And it's going to continue. Because the teachers' unions and the liberal Democrats rule the failing schools of New York. 1940, on this day, that wonderful voice. Dionne Warwick is born so many hits. Yes, please get Jamel on the show. Dionne Warwick, an American treasure, my friends. Happy birthday, Dionne Warwick from WABC Talk Radio 77. There is a lot of music history going on today. Close and early's rush hour. We're coming back. Your call is coming up. 800-848-WABC. Keep it right here with us. Hi, it's Ernie Anastas. You know, your thoughts can affect how you feel, and how you feel can impact your thoughts. Addressing your mind and body connection is the key to improving your overall wellness. Bergen Newbridge Medical Center is the largest hospital in New Jersey, providing comprehensive, equitable, compassionate, and high-quality emergency inpatient and outpatient medical care, plus mental health services and substance use disorder treatment. The Bergen Newbridge team can address your total health needs in one convenient location. Call 201-225-7130 for an appointment or newbridgehealth.org. The Rush Hour is on the air. Attention Ditto Heads. Attention Bo Scouts. Rush. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Oh my goodness. I haven't heard this in ages. Today, 1943, Dickie Betts, American guitarist, singer-songwriter with the Allman Brothers. 1973, had this one, Ramblin' Man. Recognized as one of the greatest guitar players of all 
time. Dickie Betts, this was number 12, but I mean, this it might as well have been a number one hit. Everybody knows it. On WABC. Okay, let's talk Harvard for a moment. I know you've been hearing Harvard, Harvard, Harvard. Many of you might be Harvard out. Yesterday on the show, based on current news reports yesterday, I mentioned, of course, the plagiarism accusations. At the time, I one or two sources said, you know, it wasn't a big deal. One of the people that was said she was this president, Claudine Gay, was said to have plagiarized. There's a lot more information now. Harvard stuck their middle finger up at the country and up at their donors that are complaining. Yep, we're going to keep her. She's our hire. She knows how to heal everything, supposedly. Miss Claudine Gay, who has said that she stands by the integrity of her scholarship. Now, since then, Harvard has said that there was some works of, you know, inappropriate citations. The Harvard Corporation does not use the word plagiarism to describe what their investigation has found. They said they had become aware of accusations of plagiarism last October at Dr. Gray's Gay's request, they did a review with an independent group, distinguished political scientists, not clear on exactly, admits the times, what they investigated. But Harvard's own year, they do acknowledge, though, that she did not, did not, And there were instances where she did not quote people properly. Where she didn't cite people properly. Now keep that in mind. Harvard never used the word plagiarism. Here is what Harvard University says. In the Harvard Guide for Students, this is what Harvard University teaches their own students. When you, I am quoting Harvard University's guidebook, when you fail to cite your sources or when you cite them inadequately, you are plagiarizing which is taken extremely serious at Harvard. Plagiarism is defined as the act of intentionally or unintentionally submitting work that was written by somebody else. According to Harvard's own definition of what Dr. Gay did, based on their definition to their students, she committed plagiarism. Maybe unintentionally, and I'll give her that. I mean, maybe some or or someone did if she had an 
she's responsible for what's there. And if so, if, if, if things are not being cited properly, if quotations are not being given accurately, then according to Harvard's own guide to their students, she has committed plagiarism. So now one must assume that Harvard, you, yes, it is artful truth massage. <laughs> America's small caffeinated mom waited or not when it's an artful truth massage. Yes, it is. But according to what Harvard teaches their own students, Claudine Gay is a plagiarist, and she will be allowed to stay as the president of Harvard. If that doesn't tell you all you need to know about the standards of Ivy League education these days in America, I don't know what else will. That is pretty damning. 1981, Human League. Number one with this one. The big Christmas time hit of 1981. Now, supposedly, the singer of the group, the vocalist, Paul Oakley, hated this song so much, he put it as the last track on their album, Dare. Their biggest, their biggest and only number one hit. What? Gee, yeah, she had, she begged her producer not to release it, and it was also a big hit for her. Wow. WABC Talk Radio 77. We're checking back in. And we'll be checking in with your calls shortly, so keep it right here for Bugs Nerdly's Rush Hour. It's the Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Birthday today for Sheila E. Discovered by Prince, of course. Her own brilliant career. She's played with Stevie, Mariah, Bill Collins, Whitney, Celine Dion, and her own albums. And, of course, her brilliant work with Prince. Happy birthday to Sheila E. There's so much music history today. We can't get to it all. So I'll just mention a few of them. Denny Diaz. Founding member of Steely Dan, also born today. Connie Francis, those of you that remember that beautiful Who's Sorry Now and the other hits, Everybody's Fool, Connie Francis, born today as well. New Yorkers will never forget, and New Jersey especially, the devastation that Superstorm Sandy caused. On this date in 2012, the Rolling Stones, The Who, Michael Strike, Chris Martin, Bruce Springsteen, 
Roger Waters, the surviving members of Nirvana, Dave Grohl, Chris uh, Novoslick, joined Paul McCartney on stage to perform the Superstorm uh, Super Sandy concert at the Garden. They raised about 18 million, over 18 million dollars to help New Yorkers, New Jersey folks who had been affected. 18 million pounds, I think it says. Oh, 18 million pounds, whatever. 18 million pounds, bunch of dollars. Ike Turner passed away on this day. Husband of uh, Ike and Tina Turner. They were hot. And then came the allegations. What's love got to do with it? Okay. So he went through Harvard. Now, um, you might be aware of this. Uh, Joe Biden, President Joe Biden, is throwing B.B. Netanyahu under the bus. Joe Biden is complaining that Netanyahu's government is too conservative, that Israel's got to change. There are too many civilian deaths. Things have got to. I've been waiting for this. You have the entire apparatchiks wing, the political wing, the upset wing of the Democrat Party, which absolutely despises Israel. All those congresswomen, the squad, running around barely can contain their fury and anger at Israel. You've got the coal academia. You see the anti-Semitism pouring out of American colleges every single day. You see the left fomenting at the mouth with their downright disgust and hatred for Israel. And then you've got Democrat Joe Biden pretending that he and the Democrat Party are the biggest allies of Israel. Well, today, finally, a little crack in the facade. Joe Biden is attacking Benjamin Netanyahu and his government. He, Netanyahu, has to change this government. This government in Israel is making it very difficult. But BB's got a tough choice to make. This is the most conservative government in Israel's history. Oh, it's those awful conservatives. Well, now Joe Biden has reset Israel as our ally message to better reflect what his party thinks about Israel. Too conservative. Why are they? What makes them too conservative? Because they want to stamp out Hamas once and for all. And they have vowed to do it. And I am not, I am not ignorant of the level of civilian deaths. It is something that is, bothersome is not even the right word. It is a horrific tragedy. Anybody that has any level of consciousness and appreciation for human life should be appalled just as they should be appalled at what Hamas did on October 7th, the way that they use sexual terrorism, the way that they use terrorism to kill innocent Israelis. Hamas must 
be taken care of. They have to be eliminated as a terror threat. But Joe Biden been waiting for this. Throwing while claiming he's his for oh my friend BB. Let me throw you under the bus, BB. And the New York Times and the other leftist publications have been trying to stir it up for weeks now with article after article insinuating that, oh, BB's losing support, BB's losing support, BB's doing this. I bet you those families who suffered the losses in Israel still support BB to the max. And they understand what has to be done here. You cannot just go back to business as usual. The last estimate I saw was there was there was still over thirty thousand Hamas fighters. That's a long way from being over. Since we're on foreign policy, let me just stay with it for another minute. Zelensky's back in, and I have not weighed in on whether I think there ought to be more aid to Ukraine. So I'm going to weigh in now. If there is if there are conditions that are put on that aid. So far, we've been giving money that is unaccountable. There is no accounting, and any time we ask for accounting on where is this money being spent, we're told we can't have it. We meaning the conservatives of America. Where is all this foreign aid to Ukraine going? Now, I realize that this is a proxy war, and we're in a proxy war with Ukraine over Russia. And Russia is a a dangerous enemy to America. And Russia has been undermining American interests ever since the Cold War, and they are continuing to do it. And they have teamed up with China to actively work to undermine American national security. So does Russia need to be contained? Absolutely. Are the Ukrainians completely, you know, the, the, the innocent White is the wind-driven snow, and I mean that in terms of purity, not racial anything. No. But there are all sorts of arguments about whether we should continue to send this aid. Unlimited aid to Ukraine, no way. We need accountability for the money that we are sending over there. And the Republicans in Congress are holding firm under the new Speaker of the House. They are saying unless we get our borders straightened out, We are not sending a dime over, and I applaud that. Absolutely right. If this is so important to the interest of the United States as defined by this administration, then make our own borders as just as important. How in the world can you tell American citizens that the borders of Ukraine are more important than the borders of California and of the borders that we share with Canada? But that's what they're telling us. So if you want money for Ukraine, you better start dealing with the borders, Joe Biden and Democrats. You don't want to deal with that, then forget about it. No, not a dime. Not one red penny. Not one brown penny or silver dime until you deal with the border here in the United States of America. And I applaud the new speaker and the Republican House for standing firm. And you see this. NBC News has the story. Zelensky to meet with Biden and leaders in Congress as time runs out on what time runs out my ass. Time ran out on the American border a long time ago. 
We have been invaded for three years, and you're telling us time is running out for, for Zelensky? Time is running out for America because we refuse to we refuse to protect our own borders. So don't give me this sob story for Zelensky and Ukraine. Fix the borders. You want money? Fix the border situation here. And not a dime until you take care of the problems here. Then we can talk about how much money for Zelensky, and there better be conditions on that too. No more blank checks for Ukraine. As much as I would like to see Ukraine with the upper hand in this over Russia, no blank checks. Huh. Almost time to check in with Lou Dobbs. Let's check in with Lou Dobbs a little bit early, shall we? That way we can have more time for telephone calls and we will get to your telephone calls. Ah, birthday today. He was unbelievable figure in the world of American jazz. I'm not talking about Bill Withers, whose voice, of course, we know and love. And equally a great musician and vocalist. But I'm talking about Grover Washington Jr. Grover Washington Jr.'s... There are truly great saxophone players. He is one of them. You can go all the way back to his work on CTI before he moved his work... Brilliant, his entire career. Checking in with Lou Dobbs in your phone calls. Stay with us. Good things might come to those who wait, not for those who wait too late. We gotta go for all we know. Just the two of us. We can make it if we try. Just the two. James Golden, known popularly as Bo Snurdly. This is The Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly. Rush. America's first pop star is born. Now, I know there were some other popular singers... But there was nobody like Frank Sinatra until Frank Sinatra. American singer, actor, producer. One of the most popular, influential musical artists of the 20th century. The first singer to encounter pop hysteria in America and around the world. America's first pop star. Frank Sinatra, born this day, 1915. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, presents Rapid Phones. Let's start in Brooklyn with Susan. Hello, Susan. Thank you for waiting. How are you today? I'm fine, Bo. It's a pleasure to speak with you. And I'd like to say something on the cost of the uh, weddings. Um, It's always the... um, Parents, the bride's parents usually pay for the wedding 
And um, so that really should not be something that the uh, young couple should be saddled with since the bride's parents pay for it. My sister just paid for two weddings for her daughter, and uh, they didn't come to that much. And uh, since she, uh, my niece just moved down to Tennessee, getting a house down there was extremely cheap. By the way, getting a house on Long Island, you can get a very nice house on Long Island for 300000 And if you want to stay in Brooklyn, there are many young couples in my building right now who bought a co-op for like 200000 and they have children, and they're very happy. So the, the, the costs that you were uh, describing, they're way off base, just way off base. That is the Hill, and the Hill is saying right now the American dream, and they're talking about a lifetime cost. Lifetime costs you can expect to pay three point four some odd million dollars for the American dream. And let me also say this things have changed culturally. Right now, in order to afford the weddings that some of the younger generation want, uh many couples are having to pay for them themselves because their parents just don't have that kind of loot stashed around anymore. And your 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 friend's very lucky. <clears throat> and that old tradition that the bride's yeah, the bride's family pays for it all. Slowly but surely, that is kind of uh, changing. Give you the last word on it, Susan. All right. Well, the last word is, is even if the bride's family doesn't pay, the guests who come to your wedding usually bring cash as a gift, and that helps defray the cost of the wedding. Cool. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to reintroduce this topic on Saturday and see what other people have to say about it, because... Yeah, things are changing. Let's go to Viviana in Brooklyn, New York. Viviana, welcome you on Bo Snurley's Rush Hour. How are you this afternoon? Uh, very well, but very, very worried. You had mentioned about how um, our way of life is being changed and destroyed. Here in New York City, they have this, and I, I recommend everyone look it up, City of Yes Proposals. And the second proposal, the first proposal was to eliminate all all uh, gas. They've passed it. The city council is is involved in all of this. And the second is to change our zoning or red, residential areas. They they propose nightclubs, biological chemical research labs, gambling, um, also corner house stores. Uh, light automotive repair. They claim it's archaic, but the thing is that zoning laws are to protect the neighborhood and keep the integrity of the neighborhood. And that's yes. what they're changing. New York City Council, I don't even have enough words for how awful these people, what they have done to New York. And I'm glad for the heads up. We are leaving today, my friends, with Frank. America's first pop star. May God bless and protect each and every single one of you, your family, your loved ones. Love and gratitude for your being here with me and allowing me to be with you. God willing, we are back tomorrow for Bo Snurley's Rush Hour, the Wednesday edition. It's up to you. Until then, my friends, bye.